Today is Tuesday, January 17th. The title for our devotional is Cleansing and the Passover. As I said yesterday, this week we're exploring the celebration theme of the Lord's Supper. We see this mentioned directly in 1 Corinthians 5, 6 through 8. Your boasting is not good, Paul tells the Corinthian church. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. All right, so there's a lot going on there, and what drew me to this text in the first place was the term celebrate, where Paul's talking about the celebration of the festival. Uh, And it has a lot of themes of Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So, just bear with me. I'm going to go through a lot of this. It's got me thinking and trying to explore all of what Paul is saying here. So, go on this journey with me, if you would. Here, Paul is using the Passover celebration as an example. In the context, he is rebuking the Corinthian church for being proud of a man who is sleeping with his, quote, father's wife. He says it in 5.1. Presumably, that is his stepmom. This is a form of sexual immorality that even the pagans don't tolerate, he says. He tells them to mourn and to put this man out of their fellowship in an effort to both maintain the purity of the community and bring the man to repentance. Instead, however, the people are boasting about this man. Paul has already referred to the church as the temple of the Holy Spirit in chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. So he is here continuing that metaphor. Before the Passover, the people would consecrate themselves and purify themselves if they came from the community outside of Israel. There's a strong link to purity with the celebration of the Passover. King Hezekiah, he sends couriers throughout Israel to call the people to celebrate the Passover after they hadn't kept it for a long time. Some of the priests and the Levites had to consecrate themselves in order to offer the sacrifices. You can read about that in 2 Chronicles chapter 30. They also tore down the altars to pagan gods so that they could celebrate the Passover in Jerusalem. When Josiah reinstituted the Passover, he tears down the altars to pagan gods. He gets rid of the mediums and the spiritists, the idols and other detestable things, says in 2 Kings 23. The theme of ceremonial cleansing at the Passover was also why the Samaritans throwing bones into the temple at Passover, as the first century Jewish historian Josephus tells us, was such an insult. Interestingly, Jesus also cleanses the temple from those who were using the temple to turn a prophet just before the Passover. You can read about that in Mark 11, 15 to 18. That's when he overturns the money changers' tables. This is similar then to both Hezekiah and Josiah in keeping with that theme of cleanliness or cleansing, their holiness, and the Passover. The strong theme of holiness connected to the Passover could be what led Paul to use this example of the unleavened bread then. It could also be that he, the direct expulsion text from Exodus 12:15, which says, Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. On the first day you shall remove leaven out of your houses. For if anyone eats what is leavened from the first day until the seventh day, that person shall be cut off from Israel. It could also be a simple health practices that Paul has in mind with this illustration. Leaven, so I've read, is a small portion of the last batch of bread added to the new dough, which would have been allowed to ferment. This would make the bread rise then when it's cooked. This leaven, however, if left to go on indefinitely, could become contaminated and lead to food poisoning. So, at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the people of Israel would start fresh the leaven for that year's batch of bread. Therefore, just as one contaminated batch of leavened bread could infect many batches, the one bad apple in the church, to mix metaphors, sorry about that, could spoil the barrel 
of the church. The church, then, as those who are God's holy people, made holy through the new covenant of Jesus' blood, are to desire holiness. That is, at least not to boast in the blatant evil that would be appalling even to Gentiles. Again, thanks for going on that journey with me. I read the text in 1 Corinthians 5 and just had to figure out the connection to purity and expulsion with unleavened bread and what on earth Paul was talking about. Again, I came to this text originally for two reasons. One is that Paul explicitly says Jesus is our Passover lamb. This we talked a good bit about last week, so I won't go into it much further here. Second, Paul calls the church to celebrate the festival. Paul is metaphorically talking about the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. These we saw last week are linked to the Last Supper and now to the Christian practice of communion. So he likely has those in mind as a symbol of the unity in the Corinthian church. Celebrating the festival, then, is a participation in the community of those who are experiencing this new life in Christ. So, in practicing communion, we should celebrate our righteousness in Christ and the holiness that we have from him. In this new life in Christ, then, we desire holiness and live a life that is characterized by sincerity and truth and the expulsion of things like malice and evil. This is indeed reason to celebrate. For reflection time today, reflect on the holiness theme connected to the Passover and the Lord's Supper. There's a lot to chew on there. Thank Jesus for dying in your place and giving you his righteousness as an act of grace and making you holy, sanctifying you apart from any of your own works. Reflect then on your desire to live a holy life, free of malice and evil, abounding in sincerity and truth, as Paul says here, and that's what it means to celebrate the festival, again, referring to participation in the community of faith. Remember, Christ has made us righteous before God, so our holiness is not to earn God's favor. It is because he has given us his favor. Put another way, we aren't good for God's favor, but from God's favor.